everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of Outspoken. 23 is my favorite number, by the way. Um, not sure why, it just is. Um, I'm your host, Justin White. My guest today is uh, another Bruce, different from the last one. Uh, this Bruce, Bruce Campbell, lives in an airplane in the woods outside of Portland, Oregon. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool place. I've been there twice now. Uh, the second time was to get this, uh, conversation on the record. And, uh, so this takes place in his 727, um, which is a retired Greek airliner, Olympic airlines. Um, it's an old one. It's still looks as it did on the outside for the most part i guess there was some damage but otherwise it looks like it looks like an old plane and on the inside it uh he retained pretty much all the guts as they are um and he also put in uh lucite flooring throughout the whole thing or like super thick plexiglass i guess but uh so you can see all the underbelly you can see the cargo bays and all the electrical workings and stuff it's pretty cool um so if you live in oregon or if you visit go go check him out he's available he's easy to find uh airplanehome.com capital a capital h and uh he'll let you visit anytime you want uh, you can even stay there um under certain circumstances i suppose so anyway uh bruce was a really super gracious host um so gracious in fact that anytime anybody shows up he lets them come in and wander through and take as long as they want and he answers all their questions and um which is awesome uh but that did happen a couple times during our talk so there were some lengthy breaks lengthy breaks in between conversations but i think we picked up the thread and it doesn't really matter because you know on my show threads are often dropped and not uh found not looked for again okay so um we just got to come in for a landing and then uh we'll uh we'll talk to bruce campbell partly cloudy skies temperature in now uh, 84 degrees seatbelt sign is on if you're up and around please return to your seats fasten your seatbelts in preparation for approach and landing thanks for coming along today i hope you enjoyed the flight uh, i hope you come back to see us again soon on delta airlines yeah, we have to maintain our exploratory natures. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and yeah. also people are just overwhelmed, and life is hectic. It's yep. difficult for them to, you know, I can't follow all the rules. You can't follow. Nobody can follow all right. the rules. And what are the rules? Yeah, and, and who? Why do they keep changing? Yeah, and why have they never fit for me in the first place? <laughs> yes, why are so many irrational? Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. Yeah. yeah, that one gets me a lot. Looking around, and you know, yeah. you know it seems like. If you were to do an analysis, maybe most of the things humans do yeah. are, are a bit insane. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. just a little bit crazy if you look at what's actually going on versus what its worth is in the world, yeah. you know, what its value is. Yeah, exactly. It's strange that we don't see that, isn't mm -hmm. it? Because as we look back, we can see in our previous culture, Puritan behavior right. and, and a bunch of others, witch burning and lynching, and the, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. um, and continues clearly, into yeah. the present. Yeah, but we, we perceive the ones in the past because right. they're not our provincial, our current provincial behavior, but we, we're unable to perceive those we're practicing right now. I know, it's very strange. Yeah. We can only do it in retrospect. Yeah, you know? yeah. and then future generations will look back on us and right. say, oh my God, what How were they, they thinking? Yeah, why, why would they ever do that? Yeah. And meanwhile, they're doing something equally insane. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, and one of my big peeves is, why are three jetliners per day being flown to death camps and executed while at the very same time we are pounding sticks together with metal spikes and calling those homes right um and you know, shredding our finest aerospace technology and then using such an ancient building technique which is so weak and so mm. short-lived and so vulnerable yeah. yeah it's crazy uh, three a day three uh, About three commercial airliners are being yeah. decommissioned and junked yeah. like scrapped for yeah, and then that steel is what being shipped to China or something. Yeah, not much steel, mostly aluminum. Aluminum, right? And I'm not certain where most of it goes, although I think some of it does go to China. Okay. 
And I'm also not certain of the exact proportion which are mothballed compared to shredded. What does mothballed mean? Um, they're stored and, oh, okay. uh, for possible future use, okay. although there's certainly no guarantee they'll be used in the future, and many aren't. Okay. I know the 747-400s are retiring from the fleets very rapidly now. Okay. Is that and, the, the plane that you have lined up to? Yeah, to yeah and she's a real beauty. Oh, yeah? yeah. yeah Do you want to talk about... Uh, that's the version two project. Okay. And, do, you, uh, do you want to talk, go in order and talk about version one to, to set? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we could start with version one if you like. And then yeah, that. I think just to let people know, yeah. you know, where it all began for you. Good, good. Um, so good. I'll, I'll just let you uh, okay. just tell it as you like. Okay. The, the genesis forms from a variety of different perspectives, I suppose. I'm an Air Force brat. Okay. Um, I lived around air bases most of my life in in my youth okay and was your dad a pilot uh, my dad was an air force officer and he wasn't a pilot but um he was an air force officer so um, his work entailed aviation okay um and he was a paratrooper during the war he was lucky to survive and only barely did wow um he's a, he was a very nice man and he he would not hurt a fly. Wow! And he only, he only participated because at that time people felt they had to. Mm -hmm. That there was no choice. The tyrannies, the expanding tyrannies, being what they were. Right. It was a voluntary enlistment, but he was compelled to do it rather than felt the the desire to do it. I don't know whether his enlistment was voluntary or not. Um, okay. Which is a shame that I don't know that, and and now never will. Um, but he didn't like it, uh -huh. uh, and and it. And it wasn't because he didn't think he should do it. It was it was stupid. Yeah, war he knew stupid. what it was leading to. It led to nothing but yeah, destruction yeah, was, and yeah, yeah. loss and more war. Yeah, yeah, and, and more enemies. Yeah, expansion of enemies. Well, although at that time um, there was really they, only one, well, or two, but they had to be stopped. They, yeah, they were on a tyrannical roll, and mm -hmm. and they just had to be stopped. And it was it was different. Um, Brush wars can go on indefinitely. Mm -hmm. um, this was a question of stopping a tyranny from taking over the world. Yep. At least that was the perception. I was too young to have good clarity of vision. Yeah. But well, I'm not sure even you know the the people in charge had v yeah. vision about where that would lead. I'm, yeah. Obviously, yeah. they didn't because yeah. went about it sort of the wrong way, in my opinion. They yeah. they did stop. You know, yeah. whoever can be credited with having stopped the tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. At least stop that tyranny. Yeah. There's another one waiting in the wings. Yes. Yeah. But uh, anyway, back and, to... Uh, yeah, and there's there are questions about whether such cruelty near the end of the war was necessary or not. And there's a, mm. there's a very intelligent debate. Um, I fall on the side of those who feel that the atomic bombs should not have been dropped on population centers. I'm absolutely um, with but, you on that one. I don't know how you could stand on any other side of that line. Personally. Well, I, I respect the, the arguments uh, in favor of that. I don't know that, um, that, that they, I don't know that they're correct. You're right. But you understand them at least. Yeah, I understand them. And also my sense is that those who argue intelligently about the issue um, are not anything like pleased with the cruelty which right. resulted. Right. Um, they're, they're trying to be extremely objective about it and, and just, you know, th those were cruel times. Right. And, and so it's very difficult to judge now. Don't get me wrong. I, I still fall on the side of those who say, why didn't we use it as a warning tool? Mm -hmm. Drop them over a nearby base. Some people would have died, but not hundreds, of, well, tens of thousands. I think it was... 60,000? I think it's over a hundred thousand if you if you include both. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About about one hundred twenty thousand because mm -hmm. it was about equal. As best I vaguely recall. Too, too many. And yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. And women any, and children and perfectly right. indiscriminate. Uh, yeah. And, and long lasting. Yes. And yeah. traumatizing beyond yes. beyond the actual damage. Yeah. Way you know generations deep and we're yeah. still yeah. unraveling that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It did, um, uh, although not the bombs. In specifically, but the war itself did, uh, in my very rough estimation, help to create a culture which is now the most civilized and peaceful on earth. Mm. Um, and I, I'm certainly not an expert in these affairs, but I love Japan. Mm -hmm. and, and in my experience, the people are so sweet and so civilized and so fun-loving 
Mm -hmm. um, respectful and fun-loving at the same time. They're quite remarkable in my experience, and it's just, they're just an absolute joy to be around. This is it. We're, we're inside my 727-200 now, and um, it's um, a jetliner retired from service and then converted as minimally as I could into a home. I prefer to keep the aerospace ambiance as much as I can. And they're good homes. Jetliners are basically flying homes. They provide everything we need except a clothes washer and a shower. Some of them have showers, although that's rare. Right. Um, they're flying homes. And... Uh, they're a little bit like RVs when they taxi up to a ramp. The mm -hmm. water is connected with just a quarter turn connector. It's quick and easy and right. robust. They don't leak. Okay. And the sewer connector the same way, quarter turn, and it's on and sealed. Nice. And the electricity just plugs in. And um, so they're like RVs in the yeah. sense that once they arrive at their destination, all the external utilities can be very quickly connected. And then the home is fully operational on external power and external utilities. Right, and um, so three, you said roughly three per day, that's worldwide? Yes. And that's commercial airliners? Yes, that you're talking about. Okay. yes, so uh, representative of this aircraft and larger. This okay. is a narrow body aircraft. There's 99 square meters of cabin space and that includes the flight deck as well, but okay. not the cargo bays. But the cargo bays in this aircraft are very short, so you have to stoop down extensively to okay. wander around inside. Mm -hmm. Now, 99 square meters is 1,066 square feet, and it's adequate for single people, mm -hmm. and actually more than adequate. A couple. Yeah, could do it. yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, and this is about the smallest you run into. Um, it's um, much, much smaller than a 747-400, for example, okay. which has 450 square feet of cabin space. And in that aircraft, the cargo bays are almost human height. Oh. For for my height, they're one centimeter short, so I have to slouch a little bit. But So for version two, do you have plans to use that space as also as living quarters or alternate? We're uh, not sure yet because okay. the, this aircraft is very social in nature. It's highly open to the community, mm -hmm. um, and, and I want to maintain that kind of lifestyle. It enriches my life substantially, and mm -hmm. my guests seem to have a good time, so Absolutely. I think it works for everybody. For sure be the same way in Miyazaki and then some, um, because in my experience, the culture is, is more community-minded and, and mm -hmm. more um, socially recreational. Not certain quite how to describe that, but... In Miyazaki specifically or in Japan in general? I, I think or? in Japan in general, but mm -hmm. my experience is uh, far deeper in Miyazaki than any other place. Okay. But that's my sense. Miyazaki is a rural area, so it has a rural character in, in many regards. Mm -hmm. People are friendly and outgoing, and okay. um, uh, then they're very civilized as they are throughout the country, but I think the rural areas encourage the friendly and, and outgoing right. atmosphere. Yeah, it, yeah. Seems, it tends to be the same in, in the United States and most I, places. I think so. Less yeah. stress, less yeah. uh, bodies on top of one another. <laughs> yeah. You, know? yeah. You, you get to ch make choices that you know suit your needs yeah. rather than be at the mercy of others yeah. most of the time, which indeed. is what city life is like. Yeah, indeed. You know, oh, it's 8 a.m., it's time to mow the lawn or yeah. you know, jackhammer the sidewalk or you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, 
you know, it's nice. It's not entirely clear to me why more people don't gravitate toward rural areas, but um, I recognize that there are practical pressures and mm-hmm. and, and some can't. social needs. I think there's yeah. sort of a driving, uh, you know, maybe maybe a cellular need yeah. to be near our species. And, yeah, and some people feel a lot of comfort in big numbers. Yep. Personally, I'm the opposite. I, I like to be in small groups or yeah. you know one on one or by myself a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's not for any. I love people. I really, I really love people genuinely, but I yeah. don't want to be around them all the time. Yes, know? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And for us to express our affection with people, it's better that we have some private time as yep. well. You've got to regenerate and check in with yourself. Yeah. Make, make sure you're still, you know, on yep. the path that you want to be on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and perhaps we have to explore both during the course of our lives too. I think it's. I think it's pretty fun- yeah. fundamentally. Yeah. Necessary. Yeah. I think I don't think we have a choice about that. I yeah. Think, I think you yeah. you are going to experience both as a human. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, are there what what other sorts of comparisons would you make uh, both in you know the geography the the process of uh, I, I mean do you want to tell the story of how this seven twenty seven wound up okay. where it is yeah sure where we're sitting yeah I um, I didn't want financial chains early in my life. I, I didn't want to be tied down in case mm-hmm. I wanted to explore or, or, or just in, in general. Um, so I deferred buying a home until I could buy it with cash. Okay. And by that time, I thought about it somewhat more carefully, I suppose. And I'd been practicing engineering for quite a while. So mm-hmm. I was thinking in terms which engineers think in instead of terms of ordinary shopping. Right. And um, it occurred to me that I wanted the best materials technology and the best fabrication technology I could buy for my hard saved dollars. Okay. And I considered some options, but I couldn't see anything which could beat aerospace technology. Wow. And there's just nothing of a size which is suitable to live in, Uh which is as thoroughly designed and strong and enduring and high in performance as aerospace. Okay. And about three retire from service every day and mostly wasted, so yeah. they're readily available. And, um, and not terribly expensive compared to yeah. a home of the same size or... You know, you know. So, the, so the, the, the major impracticality, of course, is getting it from wherever it is to wherever it wants to be. Right? Yeah, you know, the transport logistics can be really daunting. Uh-huh. However, there are opportunities, and if you can find a good opportunity, then the transport logistics can be trivial, almost okay. trivial. Okay. For example, if you have some <clears throat> nice property n- quite near an airport uh-huh. or at least um, in a, in, at a distance which provides a clear towing path. The, the tow can be relatively long as mm-hmm. long as it's clear, as, mm-hmm. as long as you don't have obstructions which get in the way of the wings or, right. or, or uh, can't clear the distance between the landing gear tires and the belly of the aircraft mm-hmm. or the bottom of the wings. Um, then the actual tow process itself is cheap. Okay. And, um, so those are opportunities. <laughs> I often um, indicate my very long-term goal of establishing an air park, uh, an aircraft home development park. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a really qu- that that was the first thought I had when you when I first learned of what you're. And sorry to interrupt. I, no, I tend no. to grab <laughs> tangents when they no, arrive. Go for it. Oh, thanks. Um, I. You know, the first thing that popped in my head is how do you get it where where you yeah. want it, you know? Yeah. And I know there are lots of them just sitting, and yeah. before they're moved anywhere, yeah. they could just, you know, be yeah. what they are. And it's a full city ready, or, you know, a yeah. township or however you want to yeah. classify it. It's a place for a whole bunch of people to live in a community exactly. with, with different homes yeah. than, than they're used to. I completely agree. You know, they're, they're just one small step from what I consider to be the right concept. Mm-hmm. Um, put a strip on one side of a large track of land, mm-hmm. and it can be a minimal strip. All you need to do is get the aircraft down at empty mass, Yep. and and you don't need to take off, so it can be a very minimal strip. It could be a dead end. You could you could yeah. land it where it's going to live yeah. forever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then just taxi to a nice three to five acre green spot mm-hmm. which has just like you would connectors. with your rv yeah yeah and hook it up mm-hmm. and move in amazing and and why aren't we doing that there, there it seems to me that that um uh that we are just that one small step away and and my guess is that the only reason we're not doing it now is because a good example has never been served mm-hmm. 
and and I failed to do it with this project. Okay. I partnered with a salvage company. The aircraft was damaged quite terribly. Mm. Um, it's just the nature of their business. They they are they are home wreckers by trade. Yeah. That's what they have to do to make a buck. Buy your home straight from the the seller. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Keep everything operational. You know, the, the aircraft is a flying home. It, mm -hmm. it has all the infrastructure you need, lighting systems, climate control systems, plumbing systems, um, laboratories, yeah. galleys, everything you need is yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and it's all executed at aerospace technology levels, at levels which can withstand a great deal of, of G-forces and, and, oh, yeah, you know, right. you know, and tough use and, right. and stay intact. Um, better, and better than a prefab you yeah. know, box. Yeah, uh, much stronger. Yeah. It can withstand any wind. Mm -hmm. Native winds are far higher. That is, operational winds are far higher in speed mm. than any hurricane or typhoon or tornado or... or really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, about a thousand kilometers per hour for normal cruise speed. I didn't know that. Yeah, and there's just no wind event which can get close to that. that. Wow. Yeah. And okay. then earthquakes, an ordinary landing for an aircraft um, I'm just guessing is in the same vicinity of, of rough as an ordinary, or rather, <laughs> what did I say? An ordinary landing for a jetliner um, imposes about the same rough treatment as the worst earthquake this planet can dish out. Really? The, well, the worst that we've seen in terms of the, the movement of, the, of yourself in the vessel or whatever, but, but not in terms of damage done to... Well, actually, I was thinking in terms of damage done to the aircraft. Okay. So, so for the aircraft, it's just ordinary daily life. Okay. And no damage occurs. Gotcha. And the worst earthquake in the world is, I'm guessing, about the same magnitude as an ordinary landing. Okay. And rough landings are worse than that. Yeah. But they, they ride them out okay. Right. And the er, everyone um, kind of knows this already. When When there's an earthquake... And the news reports about all the damage. They never talk about all the aircraft which are de right. which are destroyed <laughs> at the airport. Nope. If something doesn't fall on the aircraft, they're fine. Yeah. And e even ordinary vehicles are the same way. These these are vessels with suspension systems. They just ride it out. Yeah. Um, rubber rubber feet and uh, yeah, you know, and just bounce around until it's done. Yeah, and hydraulic struts. And, right. Uh, actually, pneumatic struts. Um, okay. Or both they're filled with hydraulic fluid but they ride on a cushion of air anyway okay they're can, they're tough yeah and and uh, so you end up with a home which is immune to earthquakes not not resistant but immune amazing and immune to winds um and i'm i'm assuming that even aside uh even the worst winds from of the, the worst hurricane from the side that is impacting the side of the aircraft i suspect the aircraft can ride that out very easily too wow. And they're sealed pressure canisters, mm -hmm. so dust cannot enter from the outside, let alone insects or rodents. Mm -hmm. And um, in, and as as you alluded earlier, they're tough. They're yeah. they're um, they're durable, and so they withstand the rigors of daily life, and uh, and they won't uh, explode into flames because yeah. they're made of materials which are inflammable. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, in in the home environment, in the home use category. There's no fuel, so the wings are dry. Mm. Um, maybe there's a little fuel left or retained for the APU. Right. But, but not not a real fire hazard yeah, by yeah. comparison to a shoddy toaster oven. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so can, I, I'm curious again. I, th I remember you telling me or telling a group of people how you got – you were talking about the opportunities to move – something somewhere an airplane somewhere yeah. with ease or with relative ease yeah but you had to take the wings off of this if i remember correctly yes indeed and had yeah. to bring it up on a flatbed yeah. trailer a truck yeah with the trailer yeah at that time i simply wanted to build a home mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really i didn't have a long-term ambitious vision in mind i wanted a home that okay was, that was about it yeah and i already owned this property had for a couple of decades and I wanted it here because it's it's a nice place. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and and peaceful. As, and as a matter of economics, I already owned it, so mm -hmm. I didn't have to expend more money for land as well. Can I ask you to repeat what you said, what your parents told you when you were a kid? Oh okay. yeah, yeah. My parents gave me lots of wise counsel, um, and one of them was Bruce, buy land. As soon as you can invest in something which leads to your home, buy land. 
they can drop a bomb on it and you'll still own the crater by land. Nice. <laughs> no, it was it was wise counsel and I did. And you followed it, yeah. Yeah, and and, and quickly too. Great. Shortly out of college, um, I purchased this property. It was dirt cheap then. Mm-hmm. I paid it off quickly. This was in the seventies. Um, yeah, yeah, about nineteen seventy-three, as I recall. I okay. purchased maybe seventy-two. Actually, either seventy-two or seventy-three, but I think seventy-two. Okay. Um, and um, I put a, there was no internet then, so I put a classified ad in the local city newspaper the oregonian mm-hmm. and said wanted one or two acres of land um, with uh, building permission uh, qualified for single dwelling home okay and i received one call in response to that and uh, a fellow uh, who who called me was um, had a very interesting compelling voice and he said I have 10 acres. And I immediately replied, I'm not interested in 10 acres. I just need one or two acres. I don't want to spend too much money. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I think you should come look at this. (laughs) And it was so compelling. So I drove out. And the moment I I laid eyes on it, I wanted it. It it was beautiful. And and the, the place looked right. Everything was just perfect. circumstances, right? Well, it's a Kibishi country, which means everything is very strict. Okay. In the case of the version one project, although I wasn't so so smart as to do this on purpose, it just sort of fell in my lap in a beneficial way. Uh-huh. Um, I was very busy arranging all of the studies um, which we had to have in place in order to transport the aircraft from the from the Hillsborough Airport to this site. Okay. And we went through downtown Hillsboro with a full 727-200 fuselage. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And and, uh, and it wouldn't have worked if we didn't have a great team. We did have a great team. And we are also very thorough with our analysis. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of time and study. And, and we got it right. Um, in the course of doing all that, I really didn't have any time for ancillary things which didn't have to be done. Right. So I deferred any contacts with the city and, and the transport authorities until we were pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then I introduced the concept to them because I had to get permits to move it. And, and the first reaction was, you're going to do what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and the second reaction was, are you serious? And then it was, really, really, really? Wow, that's kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> really, you're going to do that? Wow. Nice. Okay, well, submit your paperwork and you know, we'll, we'll look at it. Wow. Um, First time ever in in this area or yeah. ever on Earth? As uh, no, not ever on Earth. Okay. Um, there, there was a hairdresser in Mississippi named Joanne Usery who blazed this trail. Really? Yeah, and she did a good job. Wow. It was it was in a different style, but she okay. did a good job. What, when was this? When What was her... Uh, oh, wow. Roughly, um, I mean... Very roughly 1995, I think. Okay. And, and that's plus or minus maybe four years or maybe in five years. Okay. And remind me of when you when you started living here? Oh. The year? Um, well... Or when you started the, the whole process? The, the, this project, the, the Boeing 727-200 project, the version one project, started in 1998. And, okay. And the aircraft arrived in 1999. Gotcha. And... Uh, that is to say, it arrived in Oregon in 1999, and then mm-hmm. arrived on this property very early in 2000. Okay, um, so you went downtown Hillsboro. Yeah, <laughs> and then where where do you submitted my there? paperwork, and yeah. everybody was still in. Wow, he's doing what? Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow! And by the time that had worn off, before the time that had worn off, we were on the road. 
Mm. You know, we, we were almost ready at that time. So everything happened very fast. And, and we were here before anybody really kind of got used to the concept and started asking the more normal questions such as, okay, but what about this? And okay, but what about that? Right. And are you going to be able to do this? And can you accomplish yada yada? You know, okay. all the things you normally have to, we were here by that time. Okay. And, and Had to so, figure it out on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But that was a good thing. You know, I'd, otherwise I would have been entwined in lots of bureaucracy mm. and it would have been difficult. Okay. You had so, to get it here quick in order to do it at all. Yeah. But again, it was a serendipitous advantage. I mm -hmm. didn't really plan it that way. I was uh -huh. simply busy, but it worked out really well. Nice. But we can't do that in Miyazaki. Yeah. Um, we have to be very thorough in all our planning. Okay. And Mastak-san is very key to all of that. Excellent. He, is he connected in the right ways that will yeah. help? help uh... Yeah, he's a genuine, genuine man about town. He's a Excellent. newspaper reporter. He's highly respected by everyone, and wow. and he's highly respectful too, but he knows all the things which are going on because he's a newspaper reporter. Right. And he, he has nurtured all his contacts so he can get right. good news. and No bridges burnt. Yes, yes. Good. And he's a genuinely nice man and a, and a consummate explorer. Wow. No. Sounds like the ideal business partner for you. Yeah, he is. That's he he really, really cool. is. And that was serendipitous, too. Yeah, your you know, meeting was maybe yeah. chance, but maybe not. Maybe there's a deeper... Yeah, maybe the cosmos has, has some hand in all of this. I don't mm -hmm. know, but um, but it sure worked out well. And 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 I love them dearly, too. Mastak-san, Yasuko-san, and their family are, are really, really nice and wonderful to be with. And, and boy, they throw a great party. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely throw a superb party. Nice. You know, the food is great. The conversation is wonderful. The atmosphere is so charming and fun. Wow. Yeah. And so when did you start to learn to speak Japanese? And when do you know when your interest in Japan or the culture? Or, do you want to talk any about that? Um, I can. Or, um, you don't well, have to. Or, no, or, no or, it's, you know, it's, it's no secret. I, um, I, I play a lot of tennis. Okay. Um, well, I play a lot of tennis in Miyazaki. I don't play in America anymore, but I did play a lot of tennis in America. Uh -huh. um, and I met my first Japanese friend, someone I knew well enough or got to know well enough to, to, to be really well acquainted with okay. them. Um, and she was, and is, <laughs> very cute and right. charming and beautiful and intelligent and fun-loving and highly civilized and exploratory by nature. And I thought, okay, that's, that's just her that's that's her nature mm -hmm. as, as an individual okay and then some years later i can't remember um a large group of other japanese people suddenly started playing at the same facility okay and they were all very cute and fit and charming <laughs> and beautiful and fun-loving and highly civilized same list of attributes yes down the yeah. line. okay so that got my attention and particularly because i was getting frustrated with American culture and its evolution, especially as represented on the court. Mm. You know, it's a game, and we, we should play it as a game. Was it, like, is this John McEnroe era, or was, was it about, like, tennis players throwing tantrums, or was it about them Didn't uh, have anything just to do not with the pros. being gracious in their, in their manner? Because tennis is a fairly elegant sport, right, and an old... And, or I don't know if that's the right characterization. I think it started out that way. Now, now it's a it's really very aggressive. highly demanding athletic sport. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, for recreational people like us, it's a game. Yeah, you know, it's just a game. You cannot beat everybody, and 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 not everybody can beat you. Mm -hmm. um, it's good recreation and it's fun when it's done right. Yeah, and and that's the way I remember learning it. And that's the way I remember it for most of my recreational period. But it was becoming a posturing, a social posturing contest. Um, at least that was my impression. It could have been just a little localized thing, but mm -hmm. I don't know. But it was, I, it was starting to become not fun anymore. Okay. And your sense was that in Japan you would, you would find a different way? Well, I, I was frustrated. Mm -hmm. And, and Chiyo-san said, Bruce, it's time to get the hell out of Dodge. Mm. Um, and... Uh, you seem to like me and my friends. Maybe you should go explore where we came from. Wow. And that was a good idea. What a great invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty and cool. Did. Yeah. And did you go right away or did you did you take some time to think about it? No, I went pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was becoming increasingly frustrated mm -hmm. and it was not a good time in my life. Mm -hmm. So I, I went pretty promptly 
And it was just like this property. The moment I set foot on jet, actually even before I did, because as the aircraft was taxiing up to the ramp, the ramp workers bowed very respectfully to the aircraft. Really? Yes. And they do that all the time there. Is and that to the to the crew and passengers? Yes. And just everyone welcome yeah. welcome to it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. That's pretty great. Yeah. And, um, and then everything else, too, is very endearing, very charming. And all of the things which were frustrating me in America just weren't there. Wow. Um, so I started playing tennis there. And it was a game again. It was fun, and I, I enjoyed it immensely, and I still do. Nice. Yeah. And, so you, it, and you had no, had you learned any Japanese prior to your um, first visit or your? I, I learned a little smattering of it. I tried to pick up words from time to time and try to progress just on a very informal basis mm -hmm. with my interactions with, with, with my dear Japanese friends here. Right. Um, and they, they're all English fluent, but they frequently spoke Japanese with each other. Okay. And so I listened in on those conversations, and and mostly it was just white noise to me. Mm -hmm. But every now and then I could pick out a word, and that was encouraging. Yeah. Um, it's not easy, of course. It's a really difficult language. It's, I think everyone says so. Yeah, it's it's difficult, but um, it's it's counterbalanced by the fact that it's so engaging because it's difficult. In other words, it is so different. It's such a different way to represent your thinking and thoughts mm -hmm. than the romance languages that it's engaging because of the exploratory nature of it okay so my sense is that it offsets and um i am certainly not skilled in this area mm -hmm. um, i do the best i can but it's still very engaging and, and very i i love it it's, it's amusing and and um and I, I think my life would be substantially less complete if I had not challenged myself to try to learn as much as I can. fair is it that everyone's expected to learn English in order to operate on the world stage yeah it's not fair yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's um it is what it is and nobody compl nobody ever complains about it in my experience in Japan mm -hmm. um, but there are a great many people in Japan who don't speak English um, and they have no need to and, right you know and there's we should never expect them to of course nope. um, it's um hopefully a treasure which is retained for all time the, the different languages in my opinion are extremely valuable to earth if if we all blend into the same language eventually it'll be a terrible terrible loss in, in i agree my opinion. and yeah i would say the same about well any, any sort of cultural yeah. association with a, a a, a different any anyone everyone yep. i want all of it to to remain yeah know? me and, too and it's but it's probably you know those languages are probably being retired as quickly as aircraft you know it's just sort of like <laughs> there are these native you know there's still yeah. still civilizations we're discovering just, yeah. you know un, yeah. unreached humans on this planet still yeah. that's yeah. pretty incredible to think about and yeah. there's a language that has never been heard outside of that family group yeah you know? yeah and it's may never be heard it yeah. may, we not there are lots of them that were lost before they were found. Yeah, you know? yeah, indeed. So yeah. I would love to retain all that stuff, but yeah, language is critical. Yeah. I, I think our skin colors are going to start to blend. Yeah. We're going to start to look more, you know, not homogenous, but just less yeah. indistinguishable from one another, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Uh, a little less racism would be nice, you know. If I suppose could, I differ with you. On, uh, I oh, think really? we just need to learn to be a little less racist. I, well, that would, but, uh, for sure. Yeah. I don't. Well, my feeling is that there's, if, if not skin color, then yeah. eye color or, you know, speech yeah. pattern, or there's going to be something that a human is going to discriminate against by nature. Yeah. I think, I think it's yeah. just what our brains do. Yeah. I, th I think it started as a survival thing and, you yeah. know, that berry's poisonous. That yeah. one's not. Yeah. 
And we still have that reptilian structure, of course. Right. Uh, but we're applying it to things that are way beyond the com the, the abilities of the yeah. the base lizard brain. Yeah. Know. Yeah. The challenge always is to keep the lizard brain in its place and never allow it to cause destructive behavior. And there it's a go. tough challenge for everybody. But I would much rather see us succeed at that than homogenize so that we don't need to be so disciplined about our hostilities. That, that I agree with. Yeah. yeah. I, I I came at it from a different angle, but uh, but yeah. I yeah yeah ultimately we'll learn to get along in spite of our differences yeah and that's you know that's a big focus of my life and the Honjin gals are so beautiful yeah <laughs> I would hate to see that ever change they're so <laughs> oh yeah gorgeous. you don't want to you don't want to mix the uh, yeah. mix the bag up okay well you know er everybody should do whatever makes them happy as long as they're not causing um, destructive. Um, a destructive effect on someone else mm -hmm. or some other living thing. Um, the same policy. Yeah, but but I do hope that um, that, that we have retention of of different races and and other. I unique. think yeah. I think we always will. I think I was thinking more in terms of American society where there's oh, yeah. so there's just so much focus on yeah. that specific difference and yeah. so much of the anger and hatred and misunderstanding yeah. and. Yeah. You know, all all of what is causing so many people right now to be pretty yeah. freaked out about like what their place is in the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, aside from you know the well, many of the white folks are also you know not they feel just as uncertain, even yeah. though yeah. you know realistically they're far better off. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. most cases, but yeah. there's just a lot of that. It, it's it seems to me to be at some sort of peak in terms of. I, I mean, I think history has these cycles, as yeah. we can all yeah. point to the times when this has happened. Yeah. But there's something unique about this time, I think. There's yeah. sort of a there's a cumulative buildup that is reaching some sort of threshold, and I don't know what it is. It just feels like a lot of people are feeling it, they're yeah. walking around exhibiting it. You know? and, and you hear conversations about it a lot, too. Yeah. And I just think there's like a low-level stress on yeah. the planet for humanity, and yeah. it's affecting everything, everybody. Yeah, and it's yeah. We always, we we all have the challenge of trying to segregate the difference in perception, which results from age and experience, from the real differences which are taking place, and that's tough. But it seems like it's getting easier these days because there there seems to be a pretty common perception that America is in a period of struggle. Yeah. And, and increasingly so with every year. Yeah. Um, well, one could argue that that's, that's one of the potential benefits of this whole situation. You know, if, yeah. if, if we make it so abundantly clear that it's a mess here, maybe, yeah. maybe more people will stand up and start to yeah. clean up a little. Yeah. Do, do more to make it a place they'd like to live. I hope so. I yeah. hope so, too. Yeah. So do you, when you, your plan is ultimately to move to Miyazaki. Is that a part-time thing is it an unknown is it it's it's partially unknown but um, my my tentative hope is that i'll be able to live there very roughly 80 percent of the time mm. and come back here for very roughly 20 percent of the time okay um, and what will happen to the home we're sitting in now your home for the last yeah uh, 20 uh, what did you say uh, almost 18 years okay yeah um as long as my pump works and I'm financially liquid, I'll retain it. Okay. Um, I do need to find a torchbearer in the meantime, mm -hmm. because once I become a ghost, um, I have very, very wealthy neighbors, and uh, they won't have any trouble at all in waving a bunch of cash in someone's face. So I need to find someone who is so um, glued to the vision, who, who, who has so much heart in it, that they could resist a bunch of money waved in their face. Maybe if they're independently wealthy, that would help too. Of course, yeah. that makes it easier to resist. Yeah. Um, but I do want the project to live on, of course. I, I think even though it's not a good example for moving the planet from the death camps to home development parks, mm -hmm. um, I think it's nonetheless has some value. And, and, and I, I, I suppose a lot of it is selfish too. I've just worked so hard on this yeah. that I would hate to see it destroyed. Well, but you're not doing it for selfish reasons, or at least not entirely. You you have a vision that would benefit many if if they wanted to look at it and you know participate. Yeah, I hope so. Um, um, 
So, yeah. but I, I mean, certainly one could understand the amount of effort it took to do this. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see it. It hasn't gone to waste. I, I can yeah. assure you that every one of your guests would agree that just having the experience of coming in here and you opening up your home, you know, very graciously to yeah. anyone who's who's going to treat it with respect and treat you and others with respect. Well, uh, yeah, although I don't really expect that of everyone, and there's nothing really altruistic about my behavior. I, okay. I derive a great deal from my guests. The vast majority of them are very charming and highly intelligent, mm. and and it seems to me there's some kind of magic filter which has been in operation. Um, my guests seem to be a cut above the average American population, non average. And so for whatever reason, I'm, if, if I stay here in my aircraft, then I experience in many regards the best of America. Wow. Um, I do. That's a pretty cool model. Yeah, it, it works. You and, guys come uh, to me and say hi. I'll, yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, yeah, indeed. That's really cool. Yeah, it works out well. Um, and, um, and I hope that it turns out to be a functional benefit to the planet too, although the version two project is really quite um, consciously directed at that. So, so being an engineer, yeah. an electrical engineer, yes. is that correct? Okay, you're into economizing most everything, right? You want to use, you want to use, you know, as little as needed. You yeah. don't like waste. Yeah, uh, is that yeah. safe to say? You like, for yeah. instance, you'd rather use a dasher front bumper than go buy a piece of wood or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it was here, and mm -hmm. and so it's opportunistic, and okay. I try to be resourceful so that I don't have to waste resources. Do you remember feeling that way as a kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do too, and I'm curious to know yeah. how many others did. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah, because yeah. because it's a it's an awareness that many adults yeah. still haven't. You know, yeah, it's a curious thing, isn't it? Because it's so natural for us. I I remember when I was very small. Um, making a comment which startled my father because to him it showed insight mm -hmm. which is not normal for kids my age. It wasn't thought to be, uh, at least, or it's, well, I'm not, I don't want to judge what, but, but just in general, kids were sort of overlooked uh, you know, yeah. as having any sort of insight. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. This was a genuine engineering insight. I commented on a structure which I felt oh, wow. was, was ill-conceived. Okay, because, at about what age? Oh, wow. What was I seven maybe or okay. six or seven um and and i i still remember his eyes opening wide open and i was in the back seat he turned and looked at me uh, <laughs> and then he say? made a comment yeah he made a comment to that effect and and um so i was happy but but i i was still i i was still annoyed mm -hmm. <laughs> that that the fabrication was done in that manner because I felt it was unreliable and had a short life. Amazing. <laughs> and he agreed. Um, so great. So yeah, you, you were... But that was natural. And it, you know, it was nothing special. I, I, have, I have no special insights. Um, there, there's nothing about the structure of my brain that's any different than any other brain. You don't think? But I don't think so. Um, I, what about the function of it? I mean, there must be... I mean, the structure, you could argue, is similar from one brain to the next but it seems like all of us have our uh, yeah there's similarities but there's a unique filter for every one of us based on our 
life history and our you know yeah yeah things we've chosen to focus on and yeah you know, yeah we're born born with a certain capacity and the one information is or organized in that capacity is up to our up to our environment and, mm-hmm. and our personal experience and drives right um but i don't have any extra capacity over anybody else and maybe less so mm. for instance in language learning i'm very slow about learning language okay and and my sense is that uh, that I'm missing some element which is beneficial in many people. Some okay. some point of view which it derives from experience or hmm. or exploratory, open-minded nature. I I don't know. Okay, um, but then you have fortitude to balance it, right? Well, and also the advantage of the engaging elements of of Nihongo. That that okay. is, it's so cool. Yeah, you really want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. Okay, um, I. I do think there's a tendency, and and in America maybe especially, for people to to imagine that some people are smart and some people aren't smart, mm-hmm. and and that it's inherent. And I I don't believe that for a second. I don't either. I I just don't think there's anything structurally different in any significant magnitude right. among any of us. In a healthy brain. Yeah. In a non with yeah. no pathologies and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. I think yeah. it's a it's pretty much a tabla rasa is that the is that the right term blank well, slate yeah uh, yeah and yeah. you and it's your i mean nature and nurture are both involved in shaping the storyline and yeah. then who you become or who you think you become yeah. starts to shape you know yeah at indeed. what point does the protagonist take yeah. the reins and become yeah their own storyteller yeah Tab, tabla rasa tabla rasa I tabla believe. rasa yeah i think it, it's blank slate interesting um, yeah. what does that derive from uh it's I mean, it must be Latin, and it's um, tabula rasa. That's cool. I think yeah. I'm saying. I think that's yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, that's I'm cool. trying to remember if it. <clears throat> I'm trying to remember if it's like a. I, I rather than misspeak, I think maybe people should just look it up because I I'll, <laughs> I'll either give the wrong, you know, <laughs> the wrong origin or you know yeah, skew cool, it though. with my own yeah. uh, ideas. But um, yeah, I I love stuff like that, and I pick yeah. it up, but don't always you know know. If I'm using it properly, I try yeah. to. Yeah, it's cool though, and yeah, and, and I agree. My father was an engineer, and so I was raised in an atmosphere of engineering thought, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that had a profound effect. It had to have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess there are cases where the the desire or need to rebel rebel yeah. for the child is strong enough that they're absolutely not going to do whatever their <laughs> yeah, parent yeah. did. You know? Yeah. But I think even then they'll find that person will find down the road. Oh, I do this like my dad. I do this yeah. like my dad. I mean, you know, we have yeah. these mannerisms that I yeah. can't explain, but we yeah. both have, you know. And our mothers too, of course. Yep. yep. And siblings in some measure. Yeah. Any influence, yeah. I think, gets in there and stays in there. Yep. Yep. I agree. Some more than others, and for each person, it's different. You know, which yep. thing they choose to yep. to isolate and say, "This is what it means," and this is why, and you know. Yep. Um, and then That's, at some point, one of our challenges is to unlearn some of these things. It's a, it's. I think all of our challenges, if we went astray at some point, you know, and well, most of us have in some way. Well, and even if we didn't, the the only way we break new ground is to explore, mm-hmm. and and we have to set provincial thought aside in order to do that. And I think that's very difficult for many people. It is indeed. Yeah. I talk about that a lot. The, the yeah. idea, you know, just following tradition for tradition, tradition's sake. Yeah. It's it's so. It's been our way for a long time. Yeah. Even if you're looking right at the tradition and saying that doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't go down and well in the end. Yeah. But here we go. Let's do it again anyway. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Yeah. We confine ourselves, and it's not just inefficient, but it's becoming dangerous. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think the provincial thought is a is a huge block that yeah. um, comes up again and again. Yeah, and and that's a term I you know it doesn't it isn't used often, but it's yeah. it's very accurate. It should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Especially now, because we don't know what will happen next. Um, we should be looking forward, not back. Yeah, in terms of making decisions and you know, and and we need to have a great deal of respect for how swiftly things can move when you hit the knee of an exponential. Mm-hmm. Um, inflection points can change everything in the, almost the wink of an eye. Right. And we're just not prepared for, for such things because we don't think it's actually going to happen because everything in the past looked like a smoothly rising slope. Yep. 
but the the inflection point the knee of the exponential may be just right around the corner yeah we don't know and it's a steep spike yeah 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 Yeah, i think you're right and i think i think a lot of people are anticipating something of that nature they just don't know what it is you just feel it you know i think there's an energetic difference now yeah compared to not very long ago yeah um and i think the technology is a huge part of it just amplified and you know just sped everything up yeah in incredible ways that we couldn't have predicted you know maybe maybe someone did but i didn't hear about it you know but there is some great science fiction which makes us or draws an association between uh, between tension in a species and change Mm -hmm. Um, humans in particular that that is things get rough just before something happens um, suggesting that our brains are subconsciously anticipating unknowns ahead mm-hmm. and, and big change ahead. Yep. So we get nervous about that and, right. and ill-tempered. And, yep. Yeah, yeah, we're very uh, reactive, reflexive. You know, we just wait yeah. for the wait for the trigger and then, yeah. like, okay, well, here's what we do. And that's kind yeah. of how our society operates, too. It seems like it's it like doesn't. Wait it. for it to arrive, to arrive and yeah. then do something about it. Yeah. And usually it's too late by that yes. point yes. to do the right thing about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Bruce, I could talk to you all night. I, yeah. I truly enjoy uh, your company and your conversation. Me too. Um, I have people waiting for me, and I'm feeling I'm starting to feel guilty. Like I need uh, to uh, okay. attend to them. Yeah, um, I squeezed your schedule. I'm sorry about it's that. It's okay. I don't want you. Know, no apologies. You've been incredibly gracious every time I've spoken to you and visited. And uh, I'm, I'm. I think what you're doing is. <clears throat> it's it's important to you and it's important to the world if they want to pay attention to yeah. the sorts of things that you're talking about and um, you too of course thank yeah, you yeah and what you're doing is highly constructive and and my hope is that uh that everyone will benefit as richly as possible from it if you know if, if we're paying attention to the content of the clues around us then we'll have a, a good chance to make our individual lives happier and our planet work well said <laughs> well thank said. you i think that's a good note to uh to end on okay good do you, unless yeah. you have anything further to to say well airplanehome.com everyone if you want uh if you're interested in details or airplanehomev2.com okay um capital a have, capital h yes thank you okay. <laughs> and um and also we have wing performances from time to time and right. you can see those on concert on wing.com great yeah yeah thank you so much it's thank been you a real treat. i really really appreciate it my pleasure Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. That was Bruce Campbell and myself speaking in his Boeing 727. Um, by the way, the, his living quarters occupy only the tiny little th- like back third of the whole airplane, which I thought was sort of odd, but I guess it makes sense given how he likes to economize space and he only needs to heat that little area when it's cold out. And, uh, and he also likes... He likes the plane to look like a plane, so he leaves it pretty much as is. Most of the seats are removed, but uh, otherwise it looks like a plane. The cockpit is there and everything. It's quite cool. And then he's an electrical engineer, so he has like his little bed, but then he also has this huge bank of computers and a workshop, work table with all this crazy circuitry and stuff laid out everywhere. Um, by the way, that's the buzzing you hear. That he has literally thirty some computers sitting there, many of which are plugged in, maybe all. And uh, so it sounds like you're on a real airplane, but um, it's just it's just a hum. So um, anyway, I I thought maybe it was contradictory to um, want to live economically, but then to have this super impractical. Uh, task ahead of you in order to do so but now having talked to Bruce I understand that he's you know his love of the craft and the the design and the project itself um, and his desire to keep them from being wasted uh, is what drives him and so it's not a contradiction to him but I discovered a contradiction in myself uh, which I'll discuss on the next hypocrite's corner 
Uh, stay tuned for that. Maybe I'll do a special breakout episode. Uh, I have so many things, so many contradictions. Oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, uh, many people would think that Bruce is eccentric. Probably most people would agree that's true. But he's also a really uh, sweet and genuine and thoughtful person. And um, I thought had a lot of cool things to say, not just about airplanes, but about life and being human and such. So uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed Bruce Campbell. Uh, go visit him at airplanehome.com um, or go visit him in his airplane, even better. And uh, I just want to say something about the music. Um, I make all the music for the show, unless otherwise stated. And um, most of them are improvs, just recorded on the spot. That's why some of the recording quality is sort of crappy, either too close or too far or muffled or whatever. Sorry. Um, and then <clears throat> every once in a while I have more time and I do one specifically for an episode uh, or I have time to do some multi-tracking and it's still pretty rough, I know. But uh, it's really fun. I love it. I hope you enjoy it. Please don't use any of that music without permission. Um, you can ask me. I might say yes. Uh, but every single one of those interludes is registered at BMI just so you know. But uh, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I really, truly appreciate it. Oh, also, since nobody uses email anymore, um, I am now on Instagram at outspoken underscore podcast. And uh, there you will find posts about upcoming episodes and, you know, maybe trips I'm going to take to go meet new people or such and such. So, uh, yeah, tune in there, tune in here, tune in wherever you tune in. Uh, talk to you next week.